Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Logan campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. Matthew chapter 11 says this. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you recover your life. I'll show you how to take rest. Walk with me and work with me. And as you do, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Let me pray. Lord, today, have your way here. Lord, today, do your work here. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, we've sort of cut back everything fairly simple. From a simple team to, I'm going to try and compose myself and stay on this stool and stay here. You know, we're we're trying to simplify everything today. Because I've got one question. Who's tired? Who's weary? Who could use a holiday in the Bahamas or in Bali or even Bundaberg? Who's still recovering from the last couple of years? Who's feeling heavy? Who's feeling burdened? Who's feeling uncertain about what the rest of the year, this year, is going to look like, let alone what next year could hold. Today we start a new series. We're starting a new series, as Cheryl said a few moments ago, on the, the rhythms of grace. You see, we all have rhythms in life. And, and life is full of a variety of different rhythms. And they're deeply embedded into us and into our lives and into our world. It's fundamental in growing and it's fundamental in living. You see, each morning the sun rises and and it wakes up the world around us. At the beginning of a brand new day, there's fresh activity and energy and life and vibrancy. But then the sun begins to set in the evening. And it ushers in night. And the world, as the world prepares to lay its head on its pillow to receive rest and recovery. And our days turns into weeks. And our weeks turn into months. And our months turn into seasons. From summer to autumn. To autumn to winter. To winter finally into spring. Thank you, Jesus. And then spring into summer. And the seasons repeat themselves. And the earth responds, producing crops and, and vegetables and, and fruits. All accordance with the rhythms that God has set up. And then animals come and they go. And the, the patterns that God has so carefully, intentionally fine-tuned into our world. See, from the very beginning, life has been created with patterns and rhythms. And it's been created so that we can, 
so that we can surrender our lives to these patterns and rhythms of our daily and weekly and monthly and yearly lives. Rhythms that God himself created for us. Yet in our fast pace, progress, obsessed world, we don't love the idea of rhythms and we don't love the idea of surrender, do we? You know, we don't, we don't love the idea of that somehow someone or something has control or influence in and over our lives. So today, our world is marked by hurry. It's, it's marked by impulse. It's by distractions, by busyness. And these things override the gracious intentions of our Heavenly Father who called and created rhythms in life for our well-being. See, our lives are formed by the progress, modern, secular environment and world around us. It ignores the deeper rhythms that God has set up for us. And sadly, these, these habits and these patterns have, have pulled us and moved us away from and distracted us from God's grace and His purpose for each one of us. See, I don't know if you've noticed, just like me, but our, our hearts, our, our loves, our lives have so easily distracted and moved away from where God wants them to be. Tired, weary, anxious. What do we do about this, church? What do we do about this constant wrestle? How do we change? Can we change? Is it possible to change? That's why this series, is, I'm believing, is going to be so powerful. As we spend five weeks together simply trying to find a better rhythm of grace. Trying to find a better rhythm in life. So this morning we're going to start it off by looking at one word. It's a simple word. It's the word simple. See... We've already established, and we know, you know as much as I do, we live in a crazy, busy world. There's lots of things going on. There's lots of things. We're going to leave church. There's going to be lots of options outside for things to eat and drink, and then you're going to go, and then you go to which shopping center and which thing, and there's so many things going on. And, and yet, how often are we quiet and still? Now, I know this is going to be a shock to all of you, but, but I have ADD, and I'm really proud of myself, the fact that I haven't fidgeted too much already. And I've managed to sit still. I've actually stayed seated the whole time so far. You know, and, 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 and so my go-to is not naturally to be still and to be quiet. It's got to be loud and, and annoying and, 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 and everything else. And don't laugh. You know, and, 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 and my go-to is it naturally to be still and quiet. You see, I reckon like so many of us, we're addicted to fast-paced, results-driven lives. But then recently... God threw a spanner in my works. And God threw a spanner in our family's works. And if I can share a little bit of the journey of what it's looked like for our family over this term as, as we've been wrestling through some of this. And this is why I'm so passionate about this series. Why I'm so passionate about this because it's the one thing that we've, had to hold, we've, we've been holding on to as we've walked through this season. See, our family had a spanner thrown in at the beginning of this term. See, we, 
it's helped me realize that, that the life that we've lived and the fast-paced nature of what God's been doing the last four years here isn't probably sustainable for me. It's not sustainable for Shadi and for our family. You know, as we look back four years ago, you know, when there was just a handful of people here and the building looked very, very different. God has done so much. You know, four years ago, we birthed a brand new gateway campus here and with a, with a whole bunch of total strangers. And, and, and church grew quickly. And then people came to know Jesus and we launched uh, these services and we launched our care ministry, helping serve communities right around our community and make a difference in people's lives. And then we started life groups, providing a place for, for people to be able to find a place to call home, a place where they can grow, a place where they're connected more than just a, a face in a crowd at church. And then, and then in the midst of it, COVID happened. And then we went to two services, remember two services? And they were itty bitty little tiny teeny picky, you know, and they were little tiny services. And, and they were like booked out by Tuesday morning. And then the rest of the week I'd be, I'd have to be fielding all the phone calls and texts from everyone going, I can't get into church. I'm like, I know, we're only allowed 62 people in the room. And it was super annoying and frustrating. And, and then we came out of that. And then people's attendance began to get irregular. And people that we'd sewn into and had been family here and grown a part of the church, made decisions to leave the church and go and do different things. And in the midst of all of these things, church began to grow again and services began to get full again and more and more people continued to come to know Jesus and more and more people came through those doors and weren't just welcomed but found a home where they get to belong like we get to belong. And people have continued to find Jesus for the first time. But it's also been really tough. And at the start of this term, Shadi, my wife, had a breakdown. Which meant that for a large percentage of this term, it's resulted in Shadi being in bed for more days than not. Dealing with anxiety and, and all of the emotions that come with it. And it's why she hasn't been around much lately. And it's, it's into this that this series comes. It's into this that God has been speaking to me. He's been speaking to Shadi. He's been speaking to our family. And my promise is that he's going to be speaking to us. But I've got a question. Why do we feel the pressure to have busy lives? You know, in, in about 25 to 30-ish minutes, somewhere around about there, we're going to leave this room, going to wander outside, get a cup of coffee, tea, get some food, hang out, meet some people we've never met before, meet some new people. We're going to meet some old friends and everywhere in between. And, and when we get outside, we're going, to, we're going to ask each other one question. And it goes like this. How was your week? And what's our response? Busy. Like, why is it? Like, if you ever, have you ever thought this? I mean, it may just be me, but have you ever thought this? What happens if I don't say busy? Like, what happens if I just say, hey, you know what? It's actually a really cruisy week this week. Oh, I was actually pretty relaxing. I had a really great week. It was kind of like I had a whole lot of team free. Like, has anyone ever thought, what if I say that? Are they going to look badly at me? Are they look at me as a bludger, as lazy, like I need to go get another job? You know, are they going to think all of those things? Because often what we say, guilty as charged, we say, how was your week? Busy. I wonder sometimes 
I wonder sometimes whether we use or wear busy as like a badge of honor. See, throughout the Bible, throughout the Bible, we see so many different times where, where God wants to mold his people through the rhythms and the practices of life and, and our faith. You know, in the Old Testament, we, we read about all these Levitical covenants, these, these laws and these practices and the, the temple worship that happened in the day that God commanded. He encouraged his people to do. This is how I want you to conduct your life. This is what I want you to do with your life. And, and so time and time again through the Old Testament, we see all of these things taught and God commands us to do these things. But then in the New Testament, we find, we find a grabbing of people just like this, passionate about Jesus, passionate about people, and they find themselves in a place like this, and where they balanced faith and their practice and how they work hand in hand. See, and Jesus fully understood. He understood more than any of us that it's really important. See, he, he, he not only committed he was not only committed to teaching, but also living a disciplined life. And he invited his followers to come and be part of a life just like that. See, Jesus knew that the patterns and behaviors would shape our hearts and affect how we live. So this morning we're going to look at one passage out of Matthew chapter 6. So if you've got your Bibles, or you can watch on the screen behind me. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, goes exactly like this. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about life. What you will eat or drink. Or about your body, what you will wear. If is life not more than food and your body not more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the, f the flowers of the fields grow. They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his splendor, Solomon, that's you up the back, uh, in all of your splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the fields, which are here today and tomorrow will be thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you? You of little faith. So do not worry, saying, what shall I eat? And what shall we drink? And what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all of these things will be added to you. Quick question. When it said at the start, do not worry, how many of us thought, well, that's far easier said than done? You know, you turn to the person next to you, do not worry, and you're like, you get a slap. You know, like, it'd be really easy to go and just, you know, we think, you know, do not worry. Yeah, no worries. That's fine. Let's just go out and have a warm, fuzzy, great day. Yeah, you know, how many of us here thought, you know, when I said the words, do not worry, thought that's easier said than done. I mean, 
I know this because I speak to a lot of you. And, and, and I hear the stories and what life's like and the craziness and the busyness. You know, I was talking to Warwick yesterday, and Warwick and I were talking about, I said, how's life? And he goes, it's hectic. It's crazy. There's so much going on. You know, he's trying to sell his house, trying to buy another house, trying to, uh, trying to be a good husband, trying to be a great dad, trying to, trying to balance work, trying to do all of these various different things all at the same time. You know, there's so much to worry about, isn't there? So much going on in our lives. So many challenges. I've got two teenagers now. Pray for me, people. Like, you know, it, it, there's so many things going on. But what do you worry about? What's life look like? I, I will get up for just a moment. I'll sit back down. You're on here. I, I kind of, this probably crowded table represents a lot of our lives. You know, there's laptops and there's PlayStation controllers and there's cars and overdue, overdue bills and phones and sports and there's even a Melbourne Storm jersey. Jesus, forgive the Raiders. Uh, there's some breakfast cereal. There's some food. There's uh, my favorite nacho cheese. Yes, it is. Uh, there's clothes. There's drills. There's cricket bats. There's fishing rods. There's nappies. There's Instagram signs. There's there's newspapers that talk about how the Raiders beat the Melbourne Storm. That wasn't my doing. There's cars, there's TV controls, there's clothes, there's holiday vouchers, there's more on the table. How many of us feel like that's our life? How many of us feel like, like this is our life, this table that's under here, some, there it is. There's a little bit of it just there. And we feel like we jam all of these things on it and we're trying to just kind of keep it all together, making sure that nothing falls off, making sure that everything gets a little bit of time so that we're still a good dad, still husband, still mum, wife, work colleague, friend, whatever. And we, we're trying to balance all of these things on the table and not let any of them drop and not let our lives fall apart. Life is busy, is it not? And Jesus into this says, do not worry. Into this he says, you know what, what I want you to do is I want you to shift your focus and, and let's not worry. And yet I, I wonder about what the last two years have been like. Have we not worried a lot? Remember vaccines and masks and remember limited numbers in various different places and remember not being able to go to the shops or do different things. But I was thinking about it going, you know, one of the things that, that, that's interested me that, that COVID in, in the last two years, whilst was a season where we worried, it also felt like it was a bit of a, maybe it was a, a, a reset moment of our lives. Where, where in our lives, it kind of everything got thrown off the table. And all of a sudden, one of the things that we found, and I had the conversation with so many of you, was that it was kind of like a reset moment. It was like a moment where we, where we established and we, we began to look again was what was most important in our lives. You know, what were, the, what were the, the things where we spent our money? What was the things where we spent our time? What were the things that we want to have into our, remember the term new normal? Yeah. What were the things that got swept off the table, and what was life like? I don't know about you, but it feels like we haven't learned much. Because 
it feels like all of those things have just been put back on the table. You know, all of a sudden, in the busyness of life and getting back to it, you know, the nappies, yep, they came back on, and so did the, so did the clothes, and so did the laptop, yep, that goes back on. And, and you know, all of a sudden, we, we're trying to balance everything back on, and we're trying to make sure that everything fits back in. Oh, my Doritos, they, bad. You know, and, and, and we, and Netflix subscription, because that was, that got a hammering over COVID, didn't it? Yeah, and, and. And all of a sudden, we've, we've got to the place where we're trying to, again, put all the same stuff back on. And, 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 and it feels like, if, if it's just like me, but, you know, you, and, then the, and then it just, it doesn't, it still is not quite fitting like it, well, we thought it did. And, and then there's, you know, then there's the money issues. And then there's that vacation that we really want to go overseas. And you actually can fly again without masks. And, you know, and, 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 and all of a sudden... It seems like we didn't learn. We've gone back to kind of just piling all the same stuff back into our lives as we did. And we thought COVID was like a reset moment. Jesus speaks into that. And, he's, and, he, and he said, you know, what I want you to do is I want you to not buy into that world. I don't want you to buy into that because there is a better option. See, the the context of this passage in in Matthew that we read just a few moments ago, Jesus was right at the start of his ministry. And so Jesus is here. He's just called a whole bunch of teenage disciples to follow him and to be his little posse and crew. He's just preached one of the greatest sermons ever, the Sermon on the Mount. And this is kind of like the Sermon on the Mount plus a little bit more. You know, it's kind of like the the extra little bits that, that can continue to Jesus continues to start talking about. And he starts talking about the very beginning of his ministry. He's saying to them, this is what's really, really important. In the midst of everything, do not worry. But Jesus, it's easy said than done because you are like God with skin on. So you kind of cheat and you're like, that's not fair. And I mean, if I was Jesus with skin on, then, then I would be able to not worry about all that stuff too. But, but if you think about it, have you ever realized Jesus had a lot to do? Like he had three years of ministry. I mean, just think back, what's the last three, what's your last three years look like? Well, here's a snapshot of what Jesus' three years from that moment was going to look like. He finished his training as a rabbi, and then he was recruited a whole team of people that would go and change the world. And then he trained and prepared that group of disciples. And then he healed a lot of people, and he preached and teached a lot. It's not good English. He taught a lot. Uh, and, then, and then he rose some people from the dead, and then he prepared his disciples for when they were going to start a church that would continue and change the world. And we're sitting in one here, right here, right now. And then he would die on a cross, crucified, dead, hanging on a cross. Three days later, he rose from the dead. And then he showed up to over 500 different people alive and in person. And then he went to heaven. And we thought we were busy. In all the busyness and all the stuff that Jesus had on his plate, and all the pressures, with everyone looking at him, scrutinizing him, watching him, criticizing him. Jesus says, in the midst of all of this, knowing what his world was going to look like, he speaks to them and he says, do not worry. See, he knew. He knew that the pursuit of stuff, rather than trusting him, would ultimately lead to worry and anxiety. Trying to fit all of the stuff 
into our lives, it's fun, will never fill us and will suck the joy out of our lives. And if we really trust him, there is another way. And he invites us into this new life. And he invites us to find this new rhythm of grace that will not only bless us, but bless the people that are around us and cause them to question and wonder, what's different about you? What is it about you? And how can I have that? But why do we worry? We worry because it's a human condition. See, worry is a, a sin condition. It shows at the heart where our trust is. See, in Genesis chapter 2, we read about, you know, Adam and Eve, you know, and they ate the apple, and the apple, it was all the ladies' fault, but we're not going to go there. You know, anyway, you know, and, 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 and so there's Adam and Eve, and uh, good focus, people. And, 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 and they ate because they didn't trust God. They ate because they wanted to do it their way. And they ended up causing them whole lot of worry, a whole lot of grief, a whole lot of anxiety, and a whole lot of pain. See, the heart of worry and anxiety is a wrestle with trust and a wrestle with surrender. Now, I want to just pause and just acknowledge one other part to this, that, and this is a part of our journey, that there's also a medical uh, in chemical imbalance that happens, that this is probably not what we're talking about in this. But, but this kind of trust, th- this kind of worry is a wrestle with trust and surrender. And it's a question of, do we really trust God with our daily needs? See, Jesus goes here to great lengths to, to illustrate how he provides for the birds and the bees and the trees and the, the, the cockroaches. I don't even know what cockroaches, mozzies. You know, he, he goes out of his way to provide for them all. And then he says this, how much more valuable are you? He says, if I will look after them and you're more valuable than they are, then how much more will I provide for you? So this morning, I want, to simply, I want to simply teach us one principle this morning. One simple principle, and it's this principle. It's an attitude of gratitude. See, it's the one thing that as we've journeyed through this term and, and all of the emotions and the, and the challenges that we've faced as a family, it's the one thing that I've continued to try and remind myself is an attitude of gratitude. See, throughout the Bible, throughout Psalms in particular, Psalms like Psalm 42, we read story after story and passage after passage about people like King David who are facing so many challenges, and yet in the midst of their challenges, they call to mind God's faithfulness. And then as they call to mind God's faithfulness, and look back and they go, okay, God, if you could be faithful over here, and if you were faithful here, then, then you can still be faithful in the midst of the challenges that I'm facing today. God, if you have been faithful, then you will be faithful. God, if you have been faithful, you will continue to be faithful. So they trusted God. And in the midst of the worry, in the midst of their anxiety, and the challenges and the wars that were coming against the nation of Israel, and all the challenges and things that they were facing, they simply continued to remember God's faithfulness. 
And it gave them courage that if God was faithful, he will be faithful. Over these last few months, as a family, as we've journeyed, as we've wrestled, we've come to one of these moments where we've tried to clear the table a little bit in our lives, try to calm and quiet a lot of the noise, try to cut out some of the things, but most of all, we've continued to remember God's faithfulness, that God was with us, and God still is with us, that God was with us, and He will continue to be with us forever. And that's continued to help us to get up every day, to face the day with the new challenges and new seasons, because we know that God is faithful, and so He will be faithful. See, church, I'm going to end here. I sense that the Holy Spirit is saying this morning that it's time to lean back in, deeper into Him, and to remember His faithfulness. That no matter what you're facing, that God was faithful, and that God is faithful, and that God will be faithful. See, 2020 was a, was a reset year. It was a year where, where the, the table got thrown out. And yet, I don't know if it's like you, but I, but I kind of feel like we jammed everything back in, and this morning is a little bit of a reset moment. To reset and go, okay, we get to make a choice what we put back in our lives. So what do we want to put back into our lives? What are the things that we maybe need to leave off the table? You know, maybe it's the Netflix uh, subscription that needs to not be around anymore. You know, maybe it's, the, maybe it's just saying no and, and limiting what we do, what our kids do outside of school so that we can prioritize being in church with them. You know, maybe it's, maybe it's just uh, grabbing our Bibles and having our regular quiet times. Maybe it's something as simple as praying with our spouses. See, what are the things that we, we need to put back in our lives? I'm glad I'm past this one, but maybe for some of us, it's, a, it's some nappies. Maybe we need to prioritize our family again. Maybe we need to prioritize God again. Maybe we need to clear the slate and just say, God, what do I need to sweep off the table so that I can put and prioritize the right things on the table? See, church, I want to ask a question that's not aimed at anyone. But who takes first priority in our lives? See, Jesus said at the end of that passage, he says, Seek first, not third, not eleventh. Seek first the kingdom of God. And these things will be added to you. So I'm going to take a moment. Again, I don't do silence well. Most of you can attest to that. We laughed before the service about this moment. We're saying, you know what? We're going to give a moment of silence just for every one of us to reevaluate the table. What things need to come off the table 
so that we can prioritize the things that are left on the table. So I want to take a moment just in the silence to the Holy Spirit just to do what He does and that's lovingly stir and challenge us. What do you need to take off to prioritize what is on? Or maybe it's something new that you need to put on this morning. We'll give you a moment. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. And you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. I love this. Walk with me. God wants an intimate relationship with us, church. And not a distant, vague relationship, but He wants that intimacy where we walk with Him. And work with me. Watch how I do it. I love the fact that God doesn't say, hey, you know what? You'll figure it out on your own. He says, watch. I'll do, you watch, and then you do, and I'll watch. Learn the un- Forced rhythms of grace. I won't lay any heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. This morning, what is it that needs to come off? What is it needs to go on so that you can prioritize? Prioritize the main things, the most important things in life. See, God offers amazing grace. And I think that still blows me away. You see, I remember when I was 18 years old, I still remember that moment when someone gave an opportunity and told me about a God who loved me. Who, who knew my mistakes and yet offered me a brand new start. He said, he called it grace. Unearned favor. I still remember that moment standing kind of near my dad because I didn't want to be next to my dad because that would be embarrassing. But I still remember standing there and going, I knew my mistakes. I knew my short failings. I wanted that kind of relationship. I wanted that kind of connection with a God who, who loved me. 
Church, this morning we're going to stand and we're going to sing Amazing Grace. I invite you this morning to remember God's faithfulness. I invite you to remember and to know that He has been faithful and He will be faithful. And that God offers grace. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to get connected with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.